My favorite poem of all time is Rizpah by Alfred Tennyson. Tennyson based this poem on an article he read in a penny magazine called Old Brighton. There he learned the true story of a young man named Rock. In October of 1792, Rock and his companion robbed the mail, stealing only a single letter that contained half a sovereign. The two men were found guilty of the crime and executed near the spot where the robbery had taken place. Their bodies were hung upon a gibbet to rot under the condemnatory eyes of the public. The article in Old Brighton told of the young man's mother. Quote, When the elements had caused the clothes and flesh to decay, his aged mother, night after night, in all weathers, and the more tempestuous the weather, the more frequent the visits, made a sacred pilgrimage to the lonely spot on the downs. And it was noticed that on her return she always brought something away with her in her apron. Upon being watched, it was discovered that the bones of the hanging man were the objects of her search. And as the wind and rain scattered them on the ground, she conveyed them to her home. There she kept them, and when the gibbet was stripped of its horrid burden, in the dead silence of the night, she interred them in the hallowed enclosure of old Shoreham churchyard." Unquote. The poem's title is chosen for its biblical associations. In the Old Testament, Rizpah watched the bodies of her sons who had been hanged and, quote, suffered neither the birds of the air to rest on them by day, nor the beasts of the field by night, unquote. This poem takes the form of a dramatic monologue. Rizpah is speaking to a lady visitor from the parish who has come to save the dying woman's soul. And in Rizpah's rage against the legal judgment of those who condemned her son, and the moral judgment of those who wished to save her, we see the most compelling, passionate, heartfelt, and tragic portrait of motherhood that I have ever encountered in literature. Rizpah by Alfred Tennyson Wailing, 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 the wind over land and sea, and Willie's voice in the wind, O oh, mother, come out to me! Why should he call me tonight, when he knows that I cannot go? For the downs are as bright as day, and the full moon stares at the snow. We should be seen, my dear, they would spy us out of the town, the loud black nights for us, and the storm rushing over the down, when I cannot see my own hand, but am led by the creak of the chain, and grovel and grope for my son, till I find myself drenched with the rain. Anything fallen again? Nay, what was there left to fall? I have taken them home, I have numbered the bones, I have hidden them all. What am I saying? And what are you? Do you come as a spy? Falls? What falls? Who knows? As the tree falls, so must it lie. Who let her in? How long has she been? You! What have you heard? Why do you sit so quiet? You never have spoken a word. Oh, to pray with me, yes, a lady, none of their spies. But the night has crept into my heart 
and begun to darken my eyes. Ah, you that have lived so soft, what should you know of the night? The blast and the burning shame and the bitter frost and the fright? I have done it while you were asleep. You are only made for the day. I have gathered my baby together, and now you may go your way. Nay, for it's kind of you, madam, to sit by an old dying wife. But say nothing hard of my boy. I have only an hour of life. I kissed my boy in the prison before he went out to die. They dared me to do it, he said, and he never has told me a lie. I whipped him for robbing an orchard once when he was but a child. The farmer dared me to do it, he said. He was always so wild and idle and couldn't be idle, my Willie. He never could rest. The king should have made him a soldier. He would have been one of his best. But he lived with a lot of wild mates, and they never would let him be good. They swore that he dare not rob the male, and he swore that he would. And he took no life, but he took one purse, and when all was done, he flung it among his fellows. I'll none of it, said my son. I came into court to the judge and the lawyers. I told them my tale, God's own truth. But they killed him. They killed him for robbing the mail. They hanged him in chains for a show. We had always borne a good name. To be hanged for a thief and then put away, isn't that enough shame? Dust to dust, low down, let us hide. But they set him so high that all the ships of the world could stare at him passing by. God'll pardon the hell black raven and horrible fowls of the air, but not the black heart of the lawyer who killed him and hanged him there. And the jailer forced me away. I had bid him my last goodbye. They had fastened the door of his cell. Oh, mother! I heard him cry. I couldn't get back, though I tried. He had something further to say. And now I never shall know it. The jailer forced me away. Then, since I couldn't but hear the cry of my boy that was dead, they seized me and shut me up. They fastened me down on my bed. Mother, oh mother, he called in the dark to me year after year. They beat me for that. They beat me. You know that I couldn't but hear. And then at the last, they found I had grown so stupid and still, they let me abroad again. But the creatures had worked their will. Flesh of my flesh was gone, but bone of my bone was left. I stole them all from the lawyers. And you, will you call it a theft? My baby, the bones that had sucked me, the bones that had laughed and had cried. Theirs? Oh, no, they are mine, not theirs. They had moved in my side. Do you think I was scared by the bones? I kissed them. I buried them all. I can't dig deep. I am old. In the night by the churchyard wall. My willie'll rise up whole when the trumpet of judgment'll sound. But I charge you never to say that I laid him in holy ground. They would scratch him up. 
they would hang him again on the cursed tree. Sin? Oh, yes, we are sinners, I know. Let all that be. And read me a Bible verse of the Lord's good will toward men. Full of compassion and mercy, the Lord. Let me hear it again. Full of compassion and mercy. Long-suffering. Yes, oh, yes. For the lawyer is born but to murder. The Savior lives but to bless. He'll never put on the black cap except for the worst of the worst. And the first may be last, I have heard it in church, and the last may be first. Suffering, oh, long-suffering, yes, as the Lord must know, year after year in the mist and the wind and the shower and the snow. Heard, have you? What? They told you he never repented his sin? How do they know it? Are they his mother? Are you of his kin? Heard? Have you ever heard when the storm on the downs began, the wind that'll wail like a child, and the sea that'll moan like a man? Election, election, and reprobation, it's all very well. But I go tonight to my boy, and I shall not find him in hell. For I cared so much for my boy that the Lord has looked into my care. And he means me, I'm sure, to be happy with Willie. I know not where. And if he be lost, but to save my soul, that is all your desire? Do you think that I care for my soul, if my boy be gone to the fire? I have been with God in the dark. Go, go, you may leave me alone. You never have borne a child. You are just as hard as a stone. Madam, I beg your pardon. I think that you mean to be kind. But I cannot hear what you say, for my Willie's voice in the wind. The snow and the sky so bright, he used but to call in the dark. And he calls to me now from the church, and not from the gibbet. For hark! Nay, you can hear it yourself. It is coming, shaking the walls. Willie, the moon's in a cloud. Good night, I am going. He calls. I'd like to take a moment to explain what it is that I love about this poem. Great art introduces us to the sublime, the noble, the exalted. It presents us with images, characters, and themes that help us to rise above petty concerns and grasp what is truly important. It encourages us to think deeply, to know ourselves wholly, to embrace our values passionately, to experience profound emotions. And what I take from this dark, haunting, tragic poem is a renewed fervor for motherhood. Tennyson's portrait of motherhood in Rizpah is breathtaking. I am moved by her defiant pride in her son. Though she has been beaten and institutionalized, though she has had to skulk under the cover of darkness to retrieve his remains, though she has had to face the judgmental eyes of her parish visitor, she is proud and reverent. I am moved by her determination to honor her son in death. This feeble old woman, threatened with punishment and detainment, sneaks out across the stormy downs in the dark of night to retrieve what remains of her beloved son. I am moved by the agony of a mother who sent her innocent son off to die a shameful death, 
who's haunted by his cries and who is driven mad by her loss. I am moved by her fierce defiance of what she regards as travesties of law and morality. She will not submit to the judgment of the black-hearted lawyer or the moralizing parish visitor. She rails rebelliously against false principles of law and religion, which know nothing of the love of a mother for her son. Most of all, I am moved by her tragic tenderness for all that remains of her precious son, his bones. I read that Tennyson's private title for this poem was The Bones. The first time I heard this poem, it was read aloud to me by a friend when I was pregnant with my first child. And never in my life had I heard a rawer, more powerful, more moving image of motherhood than this. Flesh of my flesh was gone, but bone of my bone was left. I stole them all from the lawyers. And you, will you call it a theft? My baby, the bones that had sucked me, the bones that had laughed and had cried. Theirs? Oh, no, they are mine, not theirs. They had moved in my side. The poet Charles Swinburne wrote, quote, Not one of all the great poets has ever touched the very deepest and finest chord on the lyre of the human spirit with a diviner power, a more godlike strength of tenderness than Mr. Tennyson has touched it here. Nothing more piteous, more passionate, more adorable for intensity of beauty was ever before this wrought by human cunning into the likeness of such words as words are powerless to praise." Unquote. And later, quote, Never since the very beginning of all poetry were the twin passions of terror and pity more divinely done into deathless words or set to more perfect and profound magnificence of music, never more inseparably fused and harmonized into more absolute and sublime identity. The poet never lived on earth, such at least is my humble and hearty conviction, whose glory would not be heightened by the attribution of this poem to his hands. Thousands of readers, for centuries to come, will be moved by it to trembling and to tears." Unquote. I certainly have been. What is the theme of this poem? I think it can be captured simply in one word, motherhood. Perhaps more precisely, it is the primacy of a mother's love over law and religion. But I believe what it captures matchlessly and eternally is motherhood. The 19th century literary critic Stopford Brooke said of Rizpah, quote, This is a cry out of the heart of all mothers of the world of man from the beginning. Nay, the cry of all mother beasts and birds before man was known on the earth. All the tragedy of motherhood, which has loved and lost, is pressed into that verse, maddens and loves and wails through the whole poem. He goes on to say, quote, It was but a common hanging, a common thief, and an old wife mad with grief, an everyday thing. But a great poet came by, and we have this, the depths of sorrow, the depths of love, 
infinite pity, infinite motherhood, a world on a world. Unquote. May you love like Rizpah with the passionate poetic awareness of Tennyson.